You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Hello everybody, it is Tuesday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. This is the Wrestling Rewind, show 77. The only wrestling podcast by people who don't hate wrestling. My name is Daryl O'Connor. We're going to go back to the past, back to 1999. And I'm joined on the line by my co-host, Mr. Martin Herty. How are things, Martin? Excellent. We are going to party like it's 1999. Uh, you know what? Every time I think that it's like 1999 was like 10 years ago, I get really sad. It's so it depressed. Wasn't. Yeah, because so it wasn't. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Wait, so my girlfriend's eight years younger than me. Right. Um, And sometimes, like, so we get on really well. Obviously, we're going out four years now. Um, some, But sometimes I don't realize that that's like... That's a, generation. a generational shift. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like, we almost had a bit of a falling out when she told me she'd never seen Father Ted. Wow. Uh, but today we were, it was actually OSW. And we but were she's flicking. Irish, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's from bloody, she's actually from the only town in Ireland with a Z in the name. Um, but That's we amazing. Were... <laughs> amazing. <laughs> That's quite an achievement. Yeah. Well done. Uh, like, but purely we were... by, like, Osmosis, you would like just pick it up, but you'd think so, wouldn't you? Like, so I think I told you this before that like sometimes I would make like a Father Ted reference, and she'd just kind of laugh and go on, and then eventually I, I found out that she she didn't know any of them, and I'm like, so when I made all those Father Ted references, you thought I was just saying random um, nonsense, <laughs> like. Okay. But today we were skipping through. Um, uh, OSW was doing their what bar thing on Twitter. Right. And one of the things that came up was a Taz bar. Do you remember the old Taz bar? I do remember Taz bars. She'd never seen a Taz bar. And I just. Uh, it's obviously but, now we're broken up. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I don't think it's going to work out. But um, I don't know. Sure, look, you know, love finds a way, right? That's the main thing. But it does, yeah. There's some educations you got to got to kind of do there. Taz bars were great, man. Like, they were like weird. Um, like not caramel bars, but kind of better than a caramel yeah. bar. Like a frog. Well, basically, bar. they're like dinosaurs. So dinosaurs used to be badass, and then they kind of over time evolved into birds. Yeah. Whereas Taz bars used to be badass, and then they kind of evolved into Freddos. Yeah, oh, that you could just say they're like Freddos. I think they are. I think that's just I think what the they artists, are. They I think are. Taz was maybe they lost the rights or whatever, but I think Taz was phased out and this gimpy frog was brought in. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. But I don't know, man. I I missed the I missed the nineties. The nineties was like a much better time to live in general. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I lived in the north, so maybe not. Okay, that's fair <laughs> enough. That's fair enough. I'm sorry. My uh, my southern privilege is showing. <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't have a good time in the, in the 90s. Yeah. I apologize. And you said uh, better crisps, the old free stato. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, have you been to Taylor Park, by the way? Taylor Park's the best, like, the most surprising thing in the world. Taylor Park's amazing. And the the thing that broke my heart most about it was that we were actually driving down to Cork uh, and we went there on, we pulled into Tato Park on the way there rather than on the way back. Right. And I didn't know this because Tato Park has like a full buffalo farm, like actual yeah. buffalo. Actual, you have, like, but for, okay, so for anyone who doesn't know who's listening and what the hell they're talking about, Tato Park is Ireland's only team park, team right? Park, yeah. It's a legit team park and it's for uh, crisps. <laughs> called Tato right but it's like they have like this amazing roller coaster that's just randomly there and have amazing rides that are just randomly there it's not really it's randomly themed and then you have a full zoo but the zoo is amazing and you have all these cool animals sorry because I, I just realized that people are like what are they talking about sorry continue <laughs> and then like the zoo itself like there's a zoo but then there is like a full buffalo range like huge yeah, full plains yeah. huge sweeping plains for where the buffalo roam, basically. Yep. And on the way out, you can go into the gift shop and you can buy, like, buffalo steak, buffalo shank. Like, there's obviously some part of Tato where Mr. Tato's out plugging buffalo in the head. But, um, <laughs> oh, my God, I was so annoyed that I couldn't, because I, I didn't think they'd survive the trip in the back of a warm car to car. That's fair. But, excuse to go back next time I mean... I'm in Tato Park. Absolutely, excuse to go, excuse to go back. Now, here's the thing, though, right? And you know, so I I went to like a lot of theme parks. My family love to go to America, right? Um, and uh, we we went like the theming of that place. Somebody needs to just hire somebody from Disney for like a week and go listen. Tell us how to make this better, and just steal ideas because like there's just so many terrible ideas like just in there. Like basically, they have like because they have like random Viking stuff. And then Tato. And you're like, pick one. <laughs> and and then they have like random Irish stuff just there. And you're like, this And then a big and then a big dinosaur park. Oh, the uh, dinosaur park is atrocious, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's the and then at least at least the Cullen roller coaster, at least that makes sense. It's you know, Kinda. there's like an, an Irish theme to that. Um but yeah, it's, it's now, bizarre. The now the best the, the best slash worst thing because the their actual ride systems are great, right? So the water, the water ride, which is the Viking one. The Viking one. That has one of the best ride systems I've ever actually been on, right? But there's nothing in it. <laughs> you're sitting there for like two and a half minutes and some lad who works there is checking his phone and you're like, could you not like play some music or anything? <laughs> you're just sitting there, something. Well, here's, that's what, here's what, uh, what scared me about it. We went... Um, Kind of in the middle of the, not in the middle of the pandemic. That sounds I went, bad. I, I went but during it was, the middle of the pandemic, like yeah, when stuff was, reopened. It was betwixt and between lockdowns. Yeah, so same, same as me. They were only doing like a 20% entry or whatever it was. Mm. So with 20% entry, the wait time for the Viking thing was two hours. Yeah. And I just can't even imagine what it would be if it was like, like a full park. Well, see, the thing about that is, like, if it was a full park and everything was open, it would be more kind of spread out. 
but because the way they were doing it there, stuff was closed and other stuff wasn't open and you couldn't eat places. And I suppose you know, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I'm a big fan of like theme park simulators. Um, like actually Planet Coaster is like one of the best ones. And someone actually rebuilt Tato Park in Planet Coaster. Oh. And it's actually really good. <laughs> but uh, I'm a big fan of, of those kind of stuff. So it, you learn how to manage theme parks by playing these uh, theme park simulator games dude um it's, it's so yeah. good to have a backup in case the the podcast thing doesn't work out yeah that, that's my plan i want to be a professional uh <laughs> theme park runner <laughs> yeah i'm the i'm uh, the band doesn't work out i'm the yeah. taekwondo doesn't work out i'm and the, the being a computer genius and doesn't, doesn't work, work. <laughs> well maybe if i make enough money as a computer genius or whatever i can go off and buy a theme park be like cartman do you know what you should do go on you should make millions as a computer genius right <laughs> Head yourself out to where is Tato Park? Certain, yeah, it's in Mead. No, it's in Mead. It's up the road. Mead, Mead, Mead. Head yourself out to Mead. Buy a load of land right next to Tato Park (laughs) and set up, set up Kings Park. Oh man, or Ban, or or, see Banshee Bones Park. They're Perry. Yeah, no, they're actually they're owned by Tato now because they brought them back. That's why the bloody, that's why the flavor's not as good anymore. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Banshee Bones. When I was a kid, would melt. The yeah. tongue out of your mouth, yeah. Like the the salt and vinegar was so powerful, and the, and the consistency on them when you bite into them as well, they're more lumpy. They were never yeah. like that. So yeah, that's what it is. Come here. Have you ever seen that meme from The Simpsons where your woman's uh, pouring a load of something into like a big Gym vat? She, yeah, there's very little the, meat in these gym mats. Yeah, I was yeah. just about to say, there's, there's very little wrestling in this wrestling podcast. <laughs> we're getting to. It, we're getting to. It. <laughs> But we have many other things to talk about, like Tato well, Park and such. Welcome, welcome to the Tato Rewind. <laughs> welcome to this wrestling podcast where we don't talk about wrestling. <laughs> and that's how we're the only podcast that doesn't hate wrestling. Oh, man. You know what's so funny, right? When I'm, so I was looking at Twitter. I don't know what's going on with the world. Well, loads of things are going on with the world at the moment. But by just not be, not engaging with modern wrestling, I just feel so much better about everything because I'm watching just this war happen between two people. And it's like that meme, you know, where there's two people fighting in the background and you're man, like in a restaurant and you're man just eating his food like on his phone. Yeah, but you gotta, like. you gotta, like you gotta phase out that nonsense. I got um, banned from Twitter there two weeks ago. You did not. I did. Uh, and the worst thing was that I contested it and then they wrote back to me and they were like, actually, yeah, you were right. That was uh, incorrect. And we're reinstating your account. Right. And it's two weeks later and they still haven't reinstated. Oh, so my account was Crooked Crack, but I think the dud one I'm using now is called uh, Slobbernicker. Slobbernicker. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But um, there you go, go, James Shoepenny, Techno (laughs) Slobbernicker. But yeah, oh my god, I tell you, that two weeks where I was banned from it, it's it was enlightening, you know. Like it's Man, you really realize that there's this amazing stuff going on, and there's only a very, very small number, and it's always the same accounts and always yeah. the same people. And they're there's nothing even original. It's all the same memes, the same oh in the dirt, blah blah blah. It's so tedious. Listen, so not to get too much into it, but social media was a mistake in lots of ways. Um, you know, Twitter, yeah, okay, I appreciate the followers on Twitter, and there are some good stuff on Twitter you can have and blah, blah, blah. But for me, I 
honestly just think that Twitter is designed to get you fired in five years. No matter oh. what happens. Like I saw it today, like there was a whole thing happening with uh with Bloodstock, which is a re- which is a metal oh, yeah. festival. And uh, do you know why I hit the fan because your woman decided to have a bit of a meltdown on Twitter? And I was like, okay, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> that was madness. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. People just lose their mind on Twitter and then it just becomes this whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, no, I just tweet about wrestling sometimes and maybe share memes. But uh, as you, far as from Instagram is where it's at. That's 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 the best. Uh, no, I couldn't be. I'm I'm not I'm not big into the photos. I'm I'm, I'm a wordsmith. You know, I that's can't fair. That's I can't fair. be having the photo. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. Do you remember I I uh, sent you a picture the other day of um, uh, what culture had used my I tweeted them and what yes. culture had used my tweet. Yeah, I was so proud of it. It was that uh, of of Tay Conti. You know that Te Conti. Yes. Yeah. And the friggers have been using it all week now. <laughs> They're flat out. Every bloody podcast are using it. And I'm sitting here going, that's my bloody idea. Yeah, well, as I said, you know, when I work for them, <laughs> it didn't really pay you that much. So I, it is what it is. Yeah. I thought you'd appreciate a chance to, to air some injustices. No, no. Let, let's put it this way: it's uh, you know, the the hour was the hour. I'm I'm not shoot going to shoot. Open. I'm, I'm not going to shoot. I'm not going to shoot. Let's just put it this way: it's like I enjoyed writing for them. It was grand, but don't. My advice to everybody listening who wants to be a wrestling journalist or any kind of journalist: don't. <laughs> There's no money in it. Don't. Our 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 advice is that they're no cultaholic. Cultaholic now, or you know, apparently the sound blokes. But look, as I said. Yeah. People like what culture, like whatever, like whoever you like, you know, but just uh, don't, expect, I, don't expect from, to get paid by them. <laughs> from what I hear, uh, Cultaholic is the AEW to what culture's WWE. Oh, man. I don't know. All I know is when I was there, I uh, my my articles got a few millions of views or whatever. I got paid like £18 for the year. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I could, you know what I used the money for? I couldn't even get, a, I got half a ticket to go see the aristocrats. Ah, and did you go see the first half or the second half or? No, no, no. I I just put the rest to it and saw the whole lot. But that's what that's where my uh, ah, right. my my entire year's salary. That's what it's for. What culture went to? There you go. But the gig was good though. To be fair, the Aristocrats are a great band. If you haven't like checked them out, they're super good. Well, I'm I'm in the middle of paying the Pied Piper myself. Uh, back in June or no, in July, I got the girlfriend tickets for her birthday to see the the Harry Potter player. Oh, and, the first uh, child, yeah. That, that's yeah. I yeah, now that's yeah, ready, that's that's coming up now. So, yeah. are you going off to London? A couple of weeks, we're going to head over to London, and like I was thinking, uh, I don't really care about Harry Potter, but we go see going. this play, and then we got the tickets. Yeah, and the tickets say, uh, Act One, two o'clock to five o'clock. Okay, and and then you're let out, and then Act Two, seven o'clock to nine o'clock. Oh so, my god. I've managed to rope myself into five hours of Harry Potter. To be fair, if it makes you feel any better, and you know, the only reason why I consider going to that myself is because Harry Potter isn't even isn't in it that much. He's the main problem with the whole series. He's like the worst part of it. I thought, so. I thought you were about to say Harry Potter isn't even real, and I was gonna go, well, neither is this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, look, you know, it's an excuse to go to look, and the actual theater itself, man, is awesome. Like I haven't seen it, but I've seen the theater, it, yeah. and it looks awesome, and it's in a cool part of London. So look, you'll have a good time. So I'll look, we're yeah. When are you going over? Uh November twenty fifth, I think. 
Oh, it's, well, it used to be Christmassy anyway, so, you know. Yeah. Anyway, we are 15 minutes in, and we haven't said one word about wrestling. <laughs> so, look, um, obviously, um, what I will say before we go into it, um, Dark Side of the Ring was pretty good this week. If anyone's seen it, it's Luna Fashan, um, which was really, really actually very good. And it was interesting because I watched, I watched it before I watched this. And the same time that this show was happening. So this show was happening in July 1999. So Luna was still kind of doing stuff in WDB. And that's when the hardcore division was really kind of becoming what it would have become. Um, And it's just like kind of interesting how it's all starting to kind of come together now. Um, But going into this, definitely watch it. It's it's a really good one. Oh, I absolutely will. And I love Luna Vachon. So did I. Got her stuff with Shawn Michaels was fantastic. See, I really, I really liked her stuff with Gangrel. Yeah, well, that was later on. Uh, but yeah, but, but but that's the whole thing about her. See, whenever I picture her, mm. it doesn't matter if it's like Gangrel or Michaels or before Michaels. Like she, maybe it was just her look, her alt look, but she was just ageless. Yeah, and even with Bam Bam as well, she was the yeah, same. Bam Bam, yeah, she just, she was just ageless, and maybe it was because she found an awesome look and she stuck with it and it bloody worked for her i have to say though like it's uh i i don't think i saw her because do you remember wwa actually i think we'll cover wwa pay-per-view in, in the near future WWE oh yeah pay-per-view. uh world wrestling all-stars they were my first wrestling shows actually when they came to dublin but uh it was pre-tna post wcw so that weird time period where this does existed <laughs> And uh, I can Girl. only I can only assume that it was amazing. Well, look, uh, <laughs> there was a one of the DVDs I have. It was um, Gangrel, uh, or called the Vampire Warrior, because he lost rights to Gangrel for a while. The Gangrel. Uh, My because, God. Well, here's the thing. Do you know who actually owns Gangrel? Who? White Wolf Entertainment, Vampire the Masquerade. Vampire the Masquerade is an RPG, which is one of the best RPGs of all time. Play the video game. And wow. Gangrel owns it. And that's why whenever you see Gangrel in WWE games, you see property of White Wolf. That's why. So he actually lost the rights to it for years. Wow. No, it, it I actually assumed that. See, so I, I had assumed that he had um he had was one of the few people who had screwed the WWE system. And nope. that he was White Wolf. And nope. that he'd registered his own name as a trademark with his own company. To kind of like the way the Warrior... Yeah, trademark his own name, and but no, he was just a super geek. <laughs> that's, 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 that's that's disappointing. Yeah, but anyway, so that's why it was there. But in WWE, he was known as the Vampire Warrior, and him and Luna had a like a series of black wedding matches, which are actually pretty good. So uh, yeah, but oh man, WWE is brilliant. Like today, the top of the card was Road Dog versus uh, Jeff Jarrett in a series of cage matches. It's, oh my god, this was really oh man. Uh, TNA 1.0, wasn't it? Uh, that's what I mean. It's like it's like WCW <laughs> and TNA, but not quite either. We, we actually we actually totally have to do WWE yeah. shows because definitely. oh my god, they're they're just amazing. So yeah, no, we're definitely gonna put that on the calendar because that's uh <laughs> that has to happen. But anyway, before we so, Four years before that's even a thing, uh, we have still the heyday of WCW, where the cracks are starting to form. 
Oh, very there's, there's, and by cracks I mean massive chasms because <laughs> the quality yeah. is dipping. Oh, man, it's like between like so last last show we did was Great American Bash, yeah, and that was that was a pretty alright show. It was a, it for was the most part. it was a solid three three and a half out of five. This show it's... has problems. <laughs> this big. Big this, problems. This show has more issues than Ireland's own. <laughs> and, oh, well, I think, I guess the best place to start is from the beginning, right? And so before we do that, uh, do you, sorry, go on. Oh, well, I was going to say, if the best place to start is in the beginning, because in the beginning, this looked like it was going to be brilliant. Yeah. So it's got one of the old, oh God, I love when companies did this. And maybe... It's it's kind of hard to judge whether AEW does or doesn't because they're only two years old and like a year and a half was the pandemic. But mm. I used to love when wrestling companies would do like a big themed set. Yeah. So this thing Me started too. that had the big themed set that had Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone there in their Hawaiian shirts. Yep. Uh, Tony Schiavone is going, hey, we're here in sunny and bright uh, Florida. And Bobby Heenan's going... Yeah, the sun's the only thing that's bright in Florida. And I'm like, oh, God, this is this is brilliant. This is amazing. So don't present, start at the start because it gives a completely false impression. That's fair. But, the, uh, you know, I again, the presentation of this was pretty cool. Uh, I was sad we didn't get, you know, the full three-man boot. Mike Tanay was off, you know, floozing around. I didn't miss him that much. Ah, I like Mike Tanay. I, I always feel bad when he's not in the boot. but You can't he didn't... need, like, a straight man, yeah. Um, so this was July the 11th, 1999 from Fort Lauderdale, Florida in the National Car Rental Center. Bass at the Beach, obviously, you know, one of the big pay-per-views from WCW, as you said, has the big set. All that good fun. And it, I was expecting it to be pretty good, or at least on, on the par that we had last week. And yep. we started off with Ernest Miller and the Disco Inferno. Again, Disco manages to get the show he's just hanging out and catering like we need someone to go out but they go out and fall around a bit but here's what baffles me and look maybe i'm wrong maybe there's something we're missing in the timeline but disco and the cat get a pop they each get a pop every time he comes out he does the stupid dance he gets a pop they're doing like real basic i mean your first match wrestling stuff you know rolling out of the ring and you're a bunch of rednecks and and the crowd's going mad and i'm sitting here go what am i missing but here's the sad part about it right so this match went on for eight minutes oh my god and it was longer then the next two matches combined, combined one of yeah. which has Dean Malenko in it. Now, to be fair, he's in there with David Flair, and holy oh. cow, we'll talk about it. But slow your roll. We, I know, we'll, I know we'll talk about it. But this match was the longest match for the first and you, like, hour and, you, and a half, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and you felt it. And it was just like, it wasn't a bad match. It was just like, why is this match eight minutes long? Why just... is this happening on a pay per view? What is going on? So, look, as I said, the cracks were forming now, and you really well, said here's... here. Uh, what got me as well was that this match ended when so the cat wrestles barefoot because he's like a three-time karate world champion or whatever so yeah. he wrestles barefoot and then at the end of the match like the referee gets distracted and his manager throws in a shoe and he puts the shoe on and he kicks your man with the shoe and that's like a foreign object and i'm like 
every single other wrestler in the company is wearing shoes. Yeah. This is you might as well put a sock on and like <laughs> Well, Mr. Socko. You know, yeah, okay. Well you might as well like like put an elbow pad on to drop an elbow. Like it what, just... what they what they should have done there is should have gimmicked the shoe. You know, where it was like there's something in the shoe to get the win instead of just nothing. But like I don't know. The actual match itself, as I said, it wasn't a bad match. It These was... guys were both over, but I and again, we could be missing something, but I don't. I honestly just think these matches just happen. And they're just like, Disco, uh, Cat, where are you? And then they're like, right, go out there and, and fill time. It was the definition of filling time. Oh, it was a very, very thunder match. Uh, yeah, the other thing that got 1990, me was... 2000 thunder match, dude. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, when thunder. thunder started, it was actually pretty hot. Pretty good, yeah. It was like uh, Rampage. Hoping Rampage doesn't end up like that. But, yeah, um, I took the words right out of my mouth. I really hope that doesn't happen to Rampage. Yeah. But the the thing that got me was right <laughs> at the start. <laughs> so this thing kicks off. So the stipulation here is that if one of them loses, the other one can never dance on Nitro again. Right? <laughs> so this kicks off with like a dance thing. Oh, now, no. the, cat, the cat is the heel. Yeah. So he's like, his dancing's terrible, but it's probably meant to be terrible, you know? Yeah. Like, He's the heel. Yeah, he's the heel. But then Disco Inferno comes out and his whole gimmick is dancing. But he only has the, you know, the disco point. Yeah. So he's doing the disco point and you can see that he's waiting for the cat to attack him. And he keeps doing the disco point. And you're looking at it going, man, this is the only move he has. (laughs) And it just, it struck me. You know when like a wrestler gets saddled with a gimmick that's just not them so apparently there's a woman in nxt at the moment who carries a skateboard everywhere but she never skates um it reminded me of like when bret hart first started out they wanted him to be the cowboy bret hart and to like like ride a horse to the ring and he's like but i'm not a cowboy you know (laughs) i think you need to have some sort of connection well to your gimmick it's funny you say that because again and this is why we're going to cover WWE. I saw Disco Inferno in real life, and he was still doing the Disco Inferno gimmick. So even when he had the chance to leave it and do something else, he still went back to it because it was over. People love Disco Inferno, and I just don't know why. (laughs) I just don't know why. We're two people, and there was what? 7,000 people in that arena and they were going Buck Shiwa for yep. him. So Oh man, they love him. They absolutely love him. But yeah. you know, I'm sure next uh, next week we're going to see him showing up and he'll probably have a match. I haven't looked at the card for next week. I'm not going to because I, I don't like to do as, that. I as like to say, surprised. As I say, it was acceptable in the 90s. I don't even think it was. <laughs> I don't even think it was. I think it was just acceptable in WCW to be fair. Like it was... Yeah. Or anything went. Yeah. Okay. So the next match was. It's weird. The WCW Television Championship is. We haven't really seen it defended every now and then, but not as much as you would expect. Obviously, because I think it's the TV belt. So when yeah. it is on the pay per view, it's it's noteworthy. Sadly, in this case, it really wasn't. Uh, Rick Steiner had a very poor match with Van Hammer, who I still like. I think Van Hammer. You know, obviously, we talked about it last week. You know what happened to him was a you know. Yeah, went, it, was... You know, it was unfortunate, but as a wrestler, I think, you know, he had a lot 
going for him. This match wasn't included. I was very disappointed that Rick Steiner put on such a bad performance. Well, I have to disagree with you. Um, it was three minutes. It was three minutes. Okay, the Goldberg that, match. That, yeah, it was okay. That I mean, that's that's a very fair criticism. But for those 180 seconds, <laughs> um, I thought it was two big, huge gays laying it in. They were mm. very snug. You know, that's, this is true. Really hammering. This is true. And so that gave an air of authenticity. And then Steiner's um, amateur background gave an mm. air of authenticity. You know, he was doing the coming in behind him and the chokehold and blah, blah, blah. So like you say, yeah, I still don't get why the crowd doesn't like Van Hammer. He looks amazing. Uh, Look, by, I didn't, by bad match, I mean like this is it's it championship. A title, it's, it's a, a title, title match exactly. on the pay-per-view. It's, that's exactly it. It's a yeah. title match on a pay-per-view. It, that kind of came off like a, a Raw match. You and not Raw nowadays. Oh, not raw even. from about ten years ago. You know where you'd have like a quick five ten minute match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever. And even on Raw this time they were doing and wrestling the attitude era. Sorry, folks. Wrestling the attitude era was terrible. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah, not largely. Yeah. You know, right. And it would be two or three minutes. And you'd expect that on Raw. But even on the pay per views in WWE, they would be longer, particularly for championships. So with this, where Rick Steiner, where he is such a good, a good wrestler. And Van Hammer, who, look, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a fan because of what happened, but I'm like, I really enjoy every time he comes out. I'm like, we're going to have a good yeah. match. And it's just disappointing that they only did three minutes. Now, I understand why the next match was three minutes. This oh. one, I really don't. I just don't. Well, so, yeah, it was, it was disappointing. I, I guess it wasn't a bad match. I was just disappointed. I think that's more. Well, here's, here's what I think, because it's obviously not down to them how long the match goes. They Absolutely. were given three minutes after three minutes. There were two big guys who slapped the life out of each other. <laughs> they and did. Yeah. I was I was okay with that. Look, okay. this pay per view. Just to warn you, folks, this pay per view doesn't get even decent for about an hour and a half. No. But this was a this was a tiny tiny island of okayness in a sea of dreadful mediocrity. I wish so much that this was the second last match and it was given fifteen minutes. Then yeah. you would have an absolute barn burn. Bloodbath. It would be wonderful. And I just can't believe people sat around and said, you know what would be a great idea? Everything else on this show, and then the only good match, we're just going to put it on for three minutes. It's disgraceful. But well, no, no, i got to tell you. Now, maybe we're going to disagree, but there is one phenomenal match on this show. We'll get to we'll, Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll to, get that. to it. Um, all right, the next match. I don't think it's the next match <laughs> I don't think it's the next match. Definitely not the next Oh, by the way, just before we go on, yeah. this is going to become a, a trend throughout the night. This uh, Van Hammer-Rick Steiner match, this is the second match in the row in which there was a direct ball shot right in front of the referee. And he yeah, did no, nothing. Dahan. And he didn't even like, they didn't even comment on it. It wasn't like it was an Extreme Rules match. It wasn't like yeah. there was no DQ. It was just, and WCW was weird like this because they are quite clear with their stipulations. You know, the referee, uh, but sometimes the referee is quite loose. To be fair, you know, it's like we've seen it with Ric Flair all the time, where he just breaks the rules and no one cares. Yeah, and the NWO always breaks the rules anyway. So uh, yeah, all right. Well, but, look, but there's uh, always some sort of reason, distraction. Uh, distraction. Or, yeah. Even sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes it's terrible. Uh, you can see the likes of like a. There's a great picture of Earl Hebner doing it, where I can't remember which match it is, but someone's doing a low blow, and then for no reason he just goes. 
You know, he just looks the other looks way. Like... But in this, there's like two batches in a row where the referee is dead center on your man's scrot and he get, gets a direct shot to it and he just says nothing. But I don't know. David Flair, US champion, Rick Flair and the rest of the floozies who defeated yeah. Dean Malenko in probably one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my life. And it's not because of Dean Malenko. Shenanigans abound. David Flair randomly being there looking lost. And again, David Flair was trained by Chris Canyon. He should be so much better than he was. And he, he's not good. Dean Malenko could get a good match out of a brush. So you're saying David Flair is worse than a brush? David Flair, the whole... Here's what gets me with this. David Flair, his whole gimmick in this match was that he's not a wrestler. Yeah. And that he's crap. And that if it was a fair fight, Dean Malenko would kick seven shades of shite out of him, right? Mm. David Flair can't even act like no. a bad wrestler. That's the problem. Like, it wasn't that he... He, he's he so act. unbelievable. Sorry, I can't yeah. even believe him as a but he That's just it. looks like someone from a completely different universe who was accidentally transported into this one. He looks like he's lost the entire time. That he has no yeah. idea what he's doing. He's just standing there and you're like you, you, okay, do you know the way what's it? Dominic. You know the way Dominic's there and you're like, Okay, I don't really buy Dominic as a wrestler when he's with Mysterio. Yeah. But the difference is you buy him as a wrestler. You're like, oh no, you're a wrestler. You're just, you know, you just need to go off a little bit and then you'd be grand. This is the worst case. David Flair is the worst case of this. He's worse than Garrett Bischoff. He's worse. Horace Hogan. It wasn't even as bad. Oh, like Horace Hogan is flair compared to him. Yeah, literally. He's so much better. And I'm just sitting there the whole time going, why is, why does he have a belt? Why is he on this show? And, what, what are we supposed to feel here? Because we're obviously supposed to hate him. It's like, okay. But it's not even like, I don't, you know, it's go away. He, you know, it's, it's pure go goal. Away. It's like, this is just, there's, like, there's no reason for this. Here's, here's the thing. When you are a bad wrestler, who's so bad that you can't even act like a bad wrestler. That's a meta level Ugh, of yeah. shite. Yeah. I can't even comprehend. Do you know what it reminded me of? Have you ever seen the film, The Foreigner? I haven't, no. It's dreadful, right? But it's a Jackie Chan film set in Ireland. Oh my God, is this where you have not Jerry Adams? And Pierce Brosnan is yeah, it's not, not Jerry, not not Jerry, Jerry Adams. Adams. Oh right? my God, yeah, I've seen bits of it. And I was looking at it going, it reminded me of this because whenever that film came out, I was doing, I was working in a newspaper, I was doing film reviews at the time. Mm. And I said, Pierce Brosnan has the distinction of being an actual Irish person with the worst Irish accent in a Jackie Chan film. <laughs> and that's what it, that's what this match struck me as. An, oh an, an Irishman couldn't do an Irish accent. A bad wrestler couldn't even act like a bad wrestler. Just everything about this. It didn't it it didn't even stink. It just there, was, there wasn't even a ma- there wasn't even a match. There was just shenanigans the whole time. And yeah. it's like you know, Aaron Anderson, the stuff he's doing in AEW now, it, it feels, know what this feels like? It feels like they were trying to do that then to an extent, 
but it just wasn't there. And now what they're doing with Cody, it's kind of a replay with it, but Cody can actually like wrestle. <laughs> so they're like, right, you can go in and, and do it. Holy and hell, like Arn, Tully, Sting can all yeah. still wrestle. Yeah. You know? But that's it, like, you know, and it's 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 again, you know, I know we're the only podcast that by wrestling fans that don't hate wrestling, but we're trying to be as like <laughs> forgiven on this as we can be. And it's like, as you said, the, the, the cracks were forming last month, but now the cracks are like chasms. This is. And you're just starting yeah. to see it now. So, yeah. So, look, the next match was the No Limit so- Soldiers uh, who defeated the West Texan Rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> in an elimination match. Um, look, it was 15 minutes. Um I don't really know what story they were kind of we were trying to tell. This is kind of a case where, well, we, Dara, the the story was that uh, rap is crap and and country is is better. I know, and that story try- went on for four months at this stage. Is it? I, I was trying to dig into a bit more than that, trying to find some a little bit better than that, but no, that is pretty much what it was. And I think week to week we probably would got a bit a bit more. Uh, a bit more insight, but yeah, that was we've, pretty much it. We've seen this now three, is it three, maybe three or four months, but maybe yeah. three pay-per-views now. Yeah. And um, look, here's the thing is the matches are good. The matches are good. High the flyers against the guys of like Kurt uh, Hennig and the Wyndhams and all that. Like these are good matches. Mm. The story is so boring and so old hat. That the fact that we've only had to deal with it on pay-per-views, I cannot imagine what it would be like watching this on Nitro every week for three goddamn months. Every time I see it, I'm trying to find a different element. And that's what I was kind of trying to dig into here. It's like, is it literally just that? And it is. There's There's no attempt for it to go for belts. There's no attempt to go for prestige. It's literally just rap is bad. Country Western is better. Rap is crap. This <laughs> rhymes. Imagine, imagine I said to you because it's uh it's the fifteenth of October now. So imagine yeah. I said we were having a chat about music and you said rap and I said hey rap's crap and you went huh, well, because it rhymes. Yeah. And then I kept saying that to you every week <laughs> for three months. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Actually, that's yeah, that's WCW in the nineties, and this is. There you go. And you haven't brought Russo in yet. Russo's still working for WWE, folks. So I can't believe fault. this. Not his fault. He's not even there yet. And, um. and here's the thing: is that <laughs> it's it's such bullshit. But these matches have all been good. This is the yeah. first decent match. Yeah. It's not great, but this is the but first. There's some, re- there's some really match. good. There's some really good bits in it, though. Brilliant. Really good bits in it. Like you know, the, I, I actually I don't really like tag team matches that much. Because I think eliminations work better if you're telling certain stories, right? Yeah. Like a good tag team match is phenomenal, but I do think the Texas style elimination is like a much better way to tell a, a wrestling story, a tag team sometimes. Yeah. And in this case, it was perfect. But the actual eliminations allowed the guys to tell some remnants of a story or do yeah. something interesting. Like the Hennix Plex, I pop for huge. Uh, oh, and massive, just, yeah. And just Mysterio being. Ray Mysterio not hurt and 20 years younger. Your man, unreal. Your unreal. man Swole, who is not a wrestler, he is not gave a wrestler. 
a hell of an account of himself for someone who is not a wrestler. Yeah. You know, uh, D- David Flair, who's supposed to be a wrestler. Wrestler. <laughs> so much from Swole. Sure. Look, I have the lowest self-esteem in the world. <laughs> I trained as a wrestler for two years. I never got a single bloody match. And even though, like in front of a crowd, I mean, and even I know I am a better wrestler than David Flair. Oh, man, I, I, am believe not, it. I am not a better wrestler than Big Swole. He was he was pretty good. And you now know, his name lives on in AEW. <laughs> you know what? It's really annoying um, when you're kind of, when you're watching these matches. Because, like, you know they didn't get a fair shake of the stick. You know, oh. and, like, purely by the placement of these cards, they're going off and they're trying to do what they can do. And I'd say if you haven't seen this pay-per-view, go watch this match. Ignore the really stupid story because there is nothing more than just what what Martin said. It's literally oh, just great. that. But um, there are some really cool parts in it. Uh, I, I love seeing Conan because again, like I'm so used to seeing Conan either yeah. crippled or nearly crippled that I'm like, I forgot that he was, you forget he's a wrestler or was one of Gosh. the big you know, great wrestlers, you know. Fire on the mic, fire oh, in the ring. He's, he's brilliant. Brilliant. Rey Mysterio, fantastic. Kurt Hennig bumping. Like oh, a, this like must a be this must be before his his injuries really started to set in. Bumping mm. like a bumping like bloody ninety three SummerSlam. Kurt Hennig all over the ring. He's brilliant. Um, he's Wyndham brilliant. is pretty good. Like 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 we said, <laughs> everything around this was crap. But for 15 minutes, this is pretty good. And that's the thing about WCW. You know, the wrestling was always the core. It was yeah. always what why you watch WCW. It's exactly like AEW. You watch AEW because the wrestling's going to be incredible. And that's but also the it. stories are brilliant. Exactly. But like, you know, WCW, WCW <laughs> used to be like that too. <laughs> but yeah. I say, hold yeah. your role there, man. Let's, exactly. <laughs> let's not go mad comparing <laughs> all elite. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So the next match, um, I, I'm going to hold my hands up, man. I enjoyed it a great deal. <laughs> wow. It was, it was. This the, okay. is why we need Dave. I wanted, I was <sighs> desperate to hear Dave's opinion of this. Junkyard Invitational. I tell you what, when Dave does come back, we're just going to do a segment on this with Dave. Cause he, this is, this is everything he likes in life. Uh, <laughs> so he'd love this, you know? And when Dave does come back, we're never letting him go again. Hashtag enslave Dave. <laughs> exactly. Tweet Dave because uh, he needs to come back. So, okay. I'm just going to read through some of the participants in this, right? So, Fifth Finley. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Flynn, which was weird. Johnny Grunge. Hack. Horace Hogan. Brian Nobbs. Hugh Morris. Le Parker. Lord Stephen Regal. Rocco Rock. C- uh, Silver King. David Taylor and my, Mikey Ripwreck. There were a few others as well, but that's that's who I have here in front of me. I didn't hate this match. Um, it's so ridiculous. But th- this is we're going to see more of this, right? We're going to start seeing a lot more of this garbage. And this was flaming hot, pristine garbage from WCW. But I didn't hate it. I thought it was gas. Poor Fifth Finley. Poor everybody in this. Everyone deserved so much more. Except maybe Horace Hogan and Hugh Morris. But, you know, it is what it is. I hated this. That is fair. I'm not going to defend it. Not even on like an ironic, silly, fun level. So like, 
these hardcore matches, like hardcore matches are never great matches, but like, mm. you know, keep them short, get into them, bang, bang, crack, crack, smack, no, smack. This, you can get into was, all that. No, do, a hu- do a couple of huge spots. I'll tell you what, I'll go through the good first, right? Okay, yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. The go setup on. was class. Yeah. You know, the, the helicopter thing looming over it. I could have done without um at the start of it they had one of their one of the like roving reporters or whatever go out and he, he said something like, I've spoken to a number of my spies and I've found the location of the junkyard match. And I'm like, so what? If you didn't have your spies this we're just gonna have fifteen minutes of blank on this pay per view. This, this, pa- this, this pay per view match wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. okay, so like the setup was pretty cool, mm. looked awesome. There was a brilliant spot where a guy comes out in a forklift and lifts a car, and Fit Finley jumps out the jumps out the back, it jumps out the boot of the car, like just in time, and runs away. And like that was cool. And everything else about this fourteen minute massacre was dreadful it didn't have any of the stuff that makes a hardcore match fun well it was because it wasn't it was like as i said you know we've seen the matches with hack and bam bang bam yeah, bam and, they're, and they're great this yeah I, I don't know man i i i like when i like when they try stuff okay look yes and i think one of the things i love about AEW is that they try different things and sometimes it doesn't work sometimes yeah. it's a failure but it's a noble failure mm, this wasn't but i i can't even say that this was a noble failure it was okay, so fair. bad so it was full of like a erratic wwe camera work like i hate all, i i did hate that yeah it was all over the place there was no like you got this huge setup man Make some killer spots, you know, like dude. There was no one there. There was no one there to do them. Look, just look, 14, 14 minutes of guys hitting with, you know, like an exhaust pipe and then a wrench and then a. But look, oh, bored like, me to tears. Here's the thing, right? The workers in this. I hate to use that phrase, but I have to. The workers in this match were Stephen Regal and Fifth Finley, guys who you wouldn't really expect to be in a hardcore match, right? Le Parker was there and he did nothing. He did nothing in this. He didn't do any of his spots. He was literally, as you said, just hitting them with things. Brian Nobbs, terrible. Hack, he did a bit, but it, this is the worst I've seen him in, in WCW, which was upsetting. And I'm like, I I don't know. I appreciate, like, I think it could have been the start of something good, but it did have problems. I have an idea. Go on. Do you know I think this could have been amazing. Do you know what they should have done? Well, they should have pre-recorded this. Yes. I mean, maybe they did. Probably did pre-record, but this should have been pre-recorded, right? But then instead of being one big schmoz, they should have picked out like five or six, like big uh, spots, huge yeah. set pieces, like um, in the do you know the AEW um, Stadium. Best, best friends. No, the, the best friends uh, car park match. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah fantastic, yeah. right? Yeah. What they should have done was they should have picked out several big spots and recorded mm. them, right? Yeah. And then over the course of the night, Tony Schiavone should have just went, we're going to cut back to the junkyard match where things are insane. And then two minutes of like some big nonsense spot and then cut away and then have a match. 
And then oh, and how let's let's check back in and see how things are in the junkyard match. Like two actually, minutes, like and just boy- cut that in the whole way through. But see, fifteen minutes of this yeah, that's shite. A fair, that's a fair point, actually. Yeah, oh, just I, they kind of did that with the boiler room brawl in WrestleMania in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, but that's actually because a, they knew yeah. this is a premise that sounds a lot better. Than, than it, it actually, actually is. is. Yeah. Like I, I guess for me, like when, when I when I go back and look at this, it is kind of groundbreaking because this wasn't done in WWE. You know, they never did this. They would do it a couple of years later and it yeah. honestly would be better. But I don't know. I'm just like, as you said, that would have been a much better way of doing it. But then again, WCW didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> the wheels were falling off and they were holding on by like the skin of their teeth here, and there was nobody with any kind of vision at this point. So that's right. Like the wheels can be falling off, but they can still afford a giant junkyard and a wall. Like this was a really impressive set. It was. It was like a legit wall of cars. Like think of all the things you could have done with that. Like all the big spot. I do what it wouldn't even have to be dangerous. You well, can have stuff where like you you throw a guy off a car and he hits a bonnet and then below him there's a bloody crash mat but the just camera just doesn't see it you know like the old Jeff Hardy special but this could exactly but this could have been brilliant here's one for you Martin, interspersed right? here's one the, yeah here's, sorry sorry here's one for you my my only problem with this really is it didn't it's like the whole show and we probably will have to go to to overtime on this it didn't build anybody. Fifth Finley didn't benefit from this. He would disappear and you wouldn't see him again until he came back with, with Hornswoggle seven years later. Right? You got an old under-12s GA trophy out of it. But what I mean is, think about it this way, and the way I would have booked this is, I would have actually taken a character, that a new character, or a new, a new wrestler or whatever, put him in and said, this is king in the junkyard or whatever or you know like a even a green guy or whatever you're like right this is gonna make you and you do like a tournament in the junkyard and that's your pay-per-view or even that's a series of shows and you're like right have these guys having a hardcore match in the junkyard and whoever wins it's king of the junkyard right the premise works you just have to have some sort of vision to it and then build something after this to my knowledge fifth finley just faps a little bit and then he's gone and the re- the real thing is, it's like the kind of comet with the with the dinosaurs. Like you know, in about three months, that comet's hitting, and it's gonna wipe out all of this. So, you know, for me watching, a, for me watching. Sh- oh, sorry, go on ahead. Sorry, for for me watching this, I was like, I, again, I'm kind of in love with the idea and what you could have done with the idea. And I think that's why I give it a bit more leeway than. Than it deserves. <laughs> yeah, it de- definitely than it deserves. I- I'll tell you what, th- there's another crime that was that, uh, like, Fit Finlay came out of it and they didn't even do anything with him. No. Fit Finlay, who back then, who in the 90s in WCW was amazing, was terrifying. His mm-hmm. matches in WCW with the likes of, uh, he wasn't William Regal at the time, was Stephen he? Stephen Regal. Stephen Regal at the time. Oh my God. They are the most brutal, and I don't. I don't mean brutal in terms of no physical chair shots or yeah. triple flips or anything. I mean, these two guys went out there and beat the living hell out of each other. So look, phenomenal matches. So we're we're running out of time on the DFM side of things. So I want to I want to end this real quick with two stories. One, yeah. guys, if you haven't seen 
Stephen Regal versus uh, Fifth Finley from WWE in the 90s, go watch it. Go watch it now. Those oh. matches are unreal, right? Also, uh, I actually met Fifth Finley and William Regal in GameStop in Dublin, like 2006, and I have a signed copy of WWE <laughs> SmackDown versus Raw on the PlayStation 2 from William Regal and Fifth Finley. Really nice guys, right? But, oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> but they're really nice guys. I have it signed. I'll, I'll send you a picture later on. But, um, the I actually got to see one of Re- William Regal's last matches in uh, Manchester. It was Manchester or Liverpool. I don't remember which one it was. But myself and uh, my friend Gary were over and uh, we it was a dark match. William Regal versus Daniel Bryan. Oh, the match was oh. ridiculously good. Hold on. I need to recover. <laughs> it was ridiculously good. It was like 15 minutes and it was phenomenal and it just happened out of nowhere everyone was just like what's going on and then it obviously was his like retirement match but obviously they just did it and um it was great so you know this is uh, and this is terrible if we're signing off here poor people of dublin you haven't suffered enough like you got yourselves the whole way through this dredge and now it's actually about to get amazing and we have to say slangophile well, here's the thing. This is why, folks, if you're listening to us on Phoenix FM, what are you doing? Go over, get the podcast. You can, we're all over the place. We're on Spotify. You can find us on earthnowmedia.com. You can find us on the True Penny channel. Or you can just go on our social medias and find us there. Uh, or you can type in therestlingrewind.com and it will take you to where you need to go. We do a show every single week. If you want to uh, ask us to review something, you can. Nerdtonomedia at gmail.com or hit us on the social medias or you can tweet us. Um, also, thank you to James Penny for hosting the show, and we'll be back next week here on Phoenix ninety two point five FM. But again, if you want the full show, you have to go over and you have to go get it. We're on Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff again. So go over and check out the rest of the show. We'll talk to you next week here on Phoenix ninety two point five FM. Keep our left. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix ninety two point five FM. If you want the full show, there's two ways you're going to be able to get it. Join us live at 11.30pm, 6.30pm Eastern over on the Wrestling Rewind YouTube channel. The WrestlingRewind.com will get you there and you can uh, join the chat and uh, join in on the fun. Also, if you want, you can check us out on the podcast. The podcast um, can be got from our, our channel, Nerd to Know Media. You can subscribe there or you can go to the Two Penny channel uh, or the Two Penny Show channel and you'll be able to get it there for free, no cost to you. And there's a whole bunch of content there as well. But thank you for checking us out here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. So, wrestling we We'll see you next week. Yeah, You've nothing else to do on a Saturday. Do you like nerd things? Now, check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media Radio Network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. And guys, we're back. Uh, thank you for joining us here on... Uh, Martin, we don't really do these overdrive that much, but it's, uh, it's cool to do them when we get to do them. You mean when they like, run over the time? Yeah. I think it happens all the time. I think it's because we spend the first 20 minutes talking about Tato. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, man. But, you know, 
in in my defense, you know, we we, we do an FM radio show, and we need to have content. So, well, it's in, it's in you know, Dublin. It gets people so over. At least at least they'll get the the Tato references. It's funny. I used to work for uh, for a company, a very big company, and uh, my and I was based in London, you know, and obviously I wasn't living in London, but my boss would always talk about Tato, and I'm like, this what culture? No, no, no. This was a this is a big the big tech company, and uh, I was like, yeah, man, Tato's cool. Facebook. No. I wish. Are you, uh, you going to tell us or you're not I, allowed to tell us? Yeah, I'm not allowed to tell you. I'll, t- I'll tell you. You're saying a non disclosure. I've signed many non disclosures, man. It's oh, so ridiculous. The, the it crazy was, stuff. It was, it was Pornhub. No. <laughs> Actually, they did have their servers in Dublin for ages, which is ridiculous. And they got hit with like a bunch of like legalities from that stuff, some of them as well. Anyway, um, yeah. And uh, my boss was like obsessed with Tato. I was like, all right, man. Yeah, Tato's cool and all, but like kind of a weird thing to be obsessed with. But anyway. And did he did he specify like was he into free stato or six county stato? No, I think it was just in general. But then I was like, you know, I actually said to him, uh, I sent him a text there when Banshee Bones came back, and I'm like, man, this is oh. this is the real, this is the real, the real, the real deal. You know what you got to hit. So um, yeah, but uh, no, uh, that was funny. With the there's so many like tech businesses in Dublin now. At this point, it's it's wild. Yeah. And not a one of them paying tax. <laughs> well, not even that they're not paying tax. They're not even like helping out the infrastructure, which they you know totally could do. But I don't know. Got to have competent politicians for that, right? <laughs> um, anyway, so before the break, we were talking about the junkyard invitational. And, ah, we were. And were we, we talking? Were we lamenting? Were we? What were we doing? I think we were lamenting. But you mentioned that. You know, the the good people who check out the Phoenix FM show only uh, didn't get to actually see the highlight of the show, which is true. They didn't. The highlight of the show was the next match. And when I mentioned the participants, you will see why. 23 minutes of absolute, just pure wrestling. Uh, felt like five. DDP, Chris Canyon and Bam Bam Bigelow defending the <sighs> WCW World Tag Team Championships against Perry Saturn and Chris Benoit. Mother of God. Like... This is why this is why you watch WCW. This is why everyone watched WCW. It was for just absolute jewels. We are matches. now one hour and thirty-four minutes into this abortion of a pay-per-view. <laughs> and the next twenty-three minutes make it all worthwhile. Uh, and this... again, folks, if you haven't seen it, go, you know, stop this podcast, check out it on the network it's on the network watch it come back and then you know you'll know what we're talking about it's it's brilliant and look you know i have so much respect for canyon i always was a fan but so much respect for him now that i know his actual impact on wrestling yeah and then when you're watching his matches you're like well you really were innovating <laughs> really were innovating what you're doing ddp has always been great ddp is just absolutely just fantastic unreal bam bam is Bam Bam Bigelow oh, um, and you know what it's you know. so good to see Bam Bam in WCW again in a spot he deserves and not just yeah, smacking random gobshites with the, with a bin to be fair though tis, he works really well with Hackman come on yeah I mean like you look, buy like, him totally but yeah we yeah I've we've, ne- been, ne- we've been I've through ne- this like the, the, they never... make the best out of a out of a not great situation but but to me, 
Bam Bam is another level, and this is where he belongs. He he brings that element of physicality that no one else can really match. And yeah, you are right. Like when he's in the hardcore division, I've never seen a man use a, a guardrail so effectively. <laughs> <laughs> Just kill someone with a guardrail. And he brings that into this match as well, where like Perry Saturn is very physically intimidating, but he gets thrown around like a ragdoll. And Benoit's in there as well, being Chris Benoit. And still, like, it all just kind of works. Now, obviously, they lose the match because it is a quite a big feat to do. But the story they tell and how they go to do it is just brilliant. And this Jersey triad, WWE, what were you doing? Like, why didn't you take these guys? Like, there's your, like, main... Not, I wouldn't say Bam Bam Canyon and DDP would have been main event talent because they weren't. They were shown not to be. But I, I think yeah. that's unfair on DDP. I think DDP could have been, but they were just so... He, they were just so obsessed yeah. with with making WCW out to be the heck, you know, and look, Pessant company. But, no, but people, hold, hold on. Sorry, go on. No, no, and I just I just want to make this point before I forget it. And here, oh. here is an example of how obsessed they were with this, right? Go on. So this this is a WWE owned product. WWE owns WCW. They own these pay per views. They own they these do. matches. They do in the background maybe in about the fourth row there's a guy holding a sign and every time he holds it up it's blurred out mm. can't see what it is and i was like oh my god i'm gonna say something really offensive during the last match there's a there's a second where there's like a suplex or a slam or something where they go over the sign and like the blur cuts out because the, they can't blur out like the foreground and you see what it says and this match from 20 years ago that they sent people back to blur a single guy in the crowd has a saying that just says WWF sucks. Oh my God. That's, that's how so petty. petty. That's how petty these cretins are. So yeah. DDP could have absolutely, he is amazing in this match. Actually, nobody in this match isn't amazing, but he is amazing in this match. And he could have absolutely been a top guy in WWF, WWE, if McMahon hadn't been so obsessed with like making WCW out to be this joke. It's probably his product. He owns that's it. Fair, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And what I was going to say is, you know, you have your way to put them, even with that in mind, is top mid-card. Those three guys alone. Could be your top your top mid card uh, gatekeepers, you know. Easy, um, but you know you're right, man. I I totally missed that point watching this, but holy hell, like that's really I don't know. Again, you know, trying to watch this as like impartially as you can, it's upsetting because you know for twenty years you're told WCW sucks, and it really didn't. It got there, and we're probably gonna eat those words in a little while, but. It had some incredible matches, and this is one of them. Like this, genuinely is probably one of the best matches you'll watch. It's as it's as evergreen as it was twenty years ago yeah. as it is today, and you'll have a great time watching it. And I'd say, look, do you know what? Every, every every time we talk about Benoit and Saturn, or every time we talk about the likes of DDP and that, we sit here and we go, "This was a dynamite match. Mm. This was a bloody dynamite match. This was a full gear match." Yeah, this yeah. No, this was, was so beyond. Yeah, it was. It was a, a modern. The, AW pay per view match, yeah. The wrestling was amazing. The mm. story was amazing. Yeah. The comedy, there's comedy in this, and it's woven 
so well into it. It's also for something. There's a reason for it. There's it's, a belt. Oh my god! So at the end of it, a uh, canyon. No, a uh, DDP grabs like a load of um. No, canyon. Sorry, grabs a load of uh like a dust or whatever, and he goes mm. to throw it at uh, at Saturn. And Saturn has DDP up on his shoulders and he throws it at Saturn and it blinds Saturn and he goes in and he kicks Saturn. But DDP is blind, so DDP turns around and does a diamond cutter on Canyon. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Yeah. This is ballet. It's incredible. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, I don't want to do constant comparisons, but it is important to remember this was July 1999. There was nothing like this on WWE. WWE was not the wrestling product. Like, I think, what was July? In, I think it was King of the Ring, 1999, I think it was. Uh, oh, no, it was Fully Loaded, 1999. That was a terrible, that wasn't, it wasn't a terrible show, but there was no, there's not one match in that where you go, that was a wrestling classic. It just wasn't there. I got, I defy you to tell me that there was a good, like, a match of this quality. There wasn't, because the guys weren't there. And and the thing is that uh, nowadays people think that this style of wrestling was invented by Young Bucks, PWG, all that. No, man, this really inventive stuff was absolutely going on in the 90s. It was just overshadowed by all the other crap. The books, were, wa- the books were watching it. Yeah, oh, <laughs> they exactly. Were they were the, the ones books were it. sitting watching this going, hey, imagine we had a wrestling promotion, except every match was this good. Yeah. And that's it. Like I'm, I'm actually gonna fact check myself here, and I'm gonna, I'm actually looking back now, doing this here. So just give me a second. So yeah, it was fully loaded, 1999, uh, and it was July 25th. So what are we? We're like 15 days away from that or whatever. I'm just gonna go through these matches here. Yeah. Do you want to know the matches that were on this card? Go on. For go comparison, for right? Break me heart. So Jeff Jarrett against Edge, right? The Acolytes right. defeated the Hardy Boys, but okay, fair enough. And that actually That's, was that sounds yeah. That was a, a a three on two handicap match, so I suppose clear enough. Adilo Brown who versus the third Acolyte. Uh, no, third Hardy Boys, Michael Hayes. This is Michael Hayes dressing up as well. Ah, okay, very good. Adilo Brown defeated Midian. Uh, Big Boss Man versus Al Snow. Big Show versus Kane. Ken Shamrock defeated Steve Blackman in a nine-circle match. To be fair, this actually was not a bad show. But it's again... It sounded all right. <laughs> it, it, no, as I said, it's an all right show. Uh, Road Dog, X-Pac, Billy Gunn, uh, China. Triple H defeated The Rock in a strap match. And then Austin defeated The Undertaker in a first blood match. But here's the thing. Th- that show was pretty good. And it actually was a better show than Bass at the Beach. But there was no wrestling that was as good as this match oh zero and and it, you can see it there in that point like if i had to watch one of these shows again it would be fully loaded 1999 hands down but that's a horrible disservice because there was two matches that just blew all the wrestling there completely out of water so it is kind of unfortunate but you know this is the I, way I'm, it is i'm just running over my notes just to make sure i didn't because i mean look it was 24 minutes long. It was brilliant. Yeah. You're never going to properly convey it over a podcast. Um, so we're pretty much missing everything out. But I just want to make sure. Oh, my God. Th- this is how good DDP was. 
there's a moment in it where DDP goes up and he stands on the edge of the turnbuckle to cheer to the crowd and he shoot like genuinely slips. He like he trips and he falls over the turnbuckle and tumbles out of the ring and the whole crowd starts laughing. Right? And he jumps up straight away and he jumps up outside the ring onto the guardrail and he starts giving it to the crowd. Oh yeah, laugh, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant heel work. That's like you've just ballsed up, but he's like making a moment out of it. You know, he's th- that should be a spot that other heels copy. Like that's it. These guys just got the idea of being a heel. Like it's it's very old school wrestling for oh. a modern audience, and it it is you know I can see that. <laughs> As you said, like we could talk about this, we could do a whole show on this match. Um, yeah, but like, absolutely, it really does show the different dynamics of WWE at this time under Vince Russo to WCW under what it was. And it's funny, 2000 is the best year for wrestling in WWE, and I would say for in general. And it's because a lot of these guys literally packed up, took that style with them to WWE. Oh, where they were allowed to go with it. The yeah. Radicals and that, and Chris Jericho and Kurt Angle and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he moved towards it. But, man, like, again, guys, if you haven't seen this, while the show is kind of in the pits, yeah, it does have this shining jewel that deserves more praise than it got. This is um, a, what would you say? Like, overall, this is a D... D. D, D minus, minus D, I think D plus, D plus, uh, because and it's solely the 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 grading curve is spiked at this match, and yeah. the rest of it's just down. But yeah. um, we'll move on. Okay. To, uh, I I don't want to, but I know yeah. we have to. We do have to. <laughs> Actually, so, no, because this next match is it's very WCW. But yeah, it's so WCW that it, yeah. it's actually all right. So no, you're right. D plus, D plus. Yeah, look, Mills Lane, who was the who was the you know I don't know if you watched Celebrity That Match as a kid, but I love Celebrity That Match. Yes, and uh, Mills Lane was in it. He was the referee, and actually see him in real life. I'm like, oh, you were a real referee actually at one point, not just Mala. Um, and yeah, so Buff Bagwell by sorry Buff Bagwell with Judy Bagwell. Defeated Roddy Piper, Ric Flair. Again, I hate Ric Flair. Always on the show. Always on the shows here many we, times. We got to point out as well that this was not a wrestling match. This it was wasn't. It was boxing a boxing match. match. Yeah, sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it wasn't It wasn't bad. Here's, here's the thing. I, I'm going to surprise you here by completely agreeing with you. Brilliant. This was <laughs> very indicative are very typical of Roddy Piper, Ric Flair matches at the time. Mm. Neither of the guys were in the best shape of their careers. They were not, yeah. Very limited, particularly Roddy, very limited in what they could do. And we've seen this over the past four pay-per-views because there are all of them. They are, yeah. Very limited in what they can do, but they keep coming up with genuinely inventive ways to hide that. So Roddy Piper is out there. He does nothing in this match but throw random punches, but they throw so many gimmicks in on top of this thing that for six and a half minutes, this is bloody entertaining. But that's the thing, like, you know, you can badmouth WCW all you want and you can badmouth this and Ric Flair deserves it. 
um, Roddy Roddy Piper as well wasn't in. Like I hated pretty much everything these guys have done. For the most part, this though, yeah. and because there was no real reason for it. Oh, I want to be president. No, oh, you're president. No, I want you know that kind of stuff. That's cause that doesn't mean anything. Buff Bagwell beat Roddy Piper in a boxing match, and Buff Bagwell looked like he, you know, could do it. Well, you know, okay. So let's let's look at this match, right? So you're a viewer, right? And you're you're sitting watching this match, and the next thing, Judge Millsley comes out, and he's the ref. And you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. quite funny. And then they're going to have your man. I can't remember his name. Uh, let's get ready to Bruce Buffer. Bruce, Michael Buffer, Michael Buffer. Sorry, they have Michael Buffer come out and announce this match, and he's he's introducing Judge Millsley, the most famous television judge. And I'm sitting there going, "Eh, Judge Judy's a bit more famous." And then the next thing he goes, <laughs> and now with Buff Bagwell, Judge Judy, and I'm like, Judy oh, "Oh my god, they have Judge Judy in this, and it's bloody." Buff's ma, Judy yeah. Bagwell. Yeah. So already I'm laughing, right? They get the boxing match, right? The first round is just them boxing. It's just to make clear that, like, it's a Buff, boxing has, match. Buff has the stuff. Buff's yeah. better. And then the next thing, Ric Flair is spraying stuff on the edge of uh, of Roddy Piper's gloves. And now Buff Bagwell is blind. And then Buff Bagwell's massy, what's going on? And she chucks a bucket of water at Roddy Piper. And then Roddy Piper gets knocked out with a blockbuster, despite the fact that it's a boxing match. And then the next thing, Ric Flair is running after Buff Bagwell's ma. And she chucks a bucket of water. I mean, this is just fantastic. It's nonsense, but it's fantastic. It's, non- it's nonsense, but, you know, it, it gets over Buff Bagwell. You know, it's like it actually achieves a purpose. It's not just random, which is, you know, our complaint with the junkyard match, which is equally as ridiculous, but not fun in any way and achieves nothing. Exactly. And they have really learned from the last pay-per-view. So was it the last pay-per-view where they had the, um, what was the stupid match they had? The cage was was two. two No, no, no. No. It was with the... It was the referee versus... Oh, yeah, I think that that was the last one, yeah. See, that would have been a fun match if it was three minutes long because they had some fun spots in it. Yeah. This, they realized what they were doing. They said, bang, this thing's going to be six minutes long, Max. We're going to gimmick the hell out of it. It's going to be fun of really funny spots. Man, this this worked. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this. And you know what? If it had ended there, actually would have been fine. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, it was a damn sight better than the, the brawl for all. Oh, God, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I I think the brawl for, brawl for all was for it. For it? It was, yeah. Was it, it actually? Yeah, it was, yeah, because uh, WrestleMania 1999 had Butterbean versus Barkun. So, yeah, it was a brawl for all did it first. But WCW did it better. There you go. The and, next... and that's that's the thing that that the WWE narrative, you know, Long all Italian. those all those programs about the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars and never tell you, WCW won for a long time because for a long time it was just better. Yeah, not 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 had the biggest stars, not had the. It was 
it was just a better show. And look, here's the thing: we're about we're about to move on to the main event, which had the big stars, and it was the drizzling. You know what? The best thing on this show was, you know, basically guys who were not the biggest stars. That's not yeah. what people watch WCW. But you know, I to wrap up the show, right? A couple of things that annoy me straight off the bat. I hate when a world title is defended in a tag match. I hate Ugh. it. I hate it. I don't even I know how you it. hate it because I can't even think of another example. Oh, it's happened many, many times. TNA oh. did it loads. Uh, WDB have done it. It's just, it, I don't know why you do it. I don't know why you do it. It's like, it's so stupid. But um, WCW are forever doing this stuff. And this is probably the first example of it happening uh, on our ta- in, in this show's history anyway. Um, Randy Savage and Sid Vicious, who already is a bad tag team, defeated Kevin Ash and Sting. And uh, uh, now, Nash it, needed to lose the belt. He did. But now, not it needs way. It needs to be said that on the way into this, like four times... The commentators kept saying, anyone who pins Nash can win, even his own partner. And I'm like, how? How would that work? That's not how a match works. That's a fatal four-way match. It's <laughs> not a yeah, tag just, match. Yeah. Just make it a frigging fatal four-way. Just yeah. do that. Yeah. I, I, this is like the bloody... Do you remember the, the, the hair, hair, the Flair Hogan cage match with the barbed wire around the thing and sorry apologies you're right it had so many different uh rules that nobody knew what the hell was going on yeah this is how i felt in this this match hadn't even started yet and i'm sitting going i don't know i don't know what's supposed to happen here i don't know where this is going yeah It, it had no rhyme or reason to it randy savage sort of stayed in commentary um, at this point, Sid Vicious as well just was never, honestly, never good, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, well, you, you can't say that. You can't call the person not good. Sid Vicious was, would have been good for some things. The man yeah, is well, so fair. red; he would have made a tremendous lighthouse. Okay, <laughs> so I don't think it's fair for you okay. to say Sid Vicious is not good, and I well, won't accept it. Mark. That's fair. He, he would have made a fantastic lighthouse. <laughs> but look you know as i said I, I don't know why they thought this was a good idea um i don't know what they were hoping to achieve it probably was kevin nash just because kevin nash was booking at this point he's probably like look i don't mind losing i'm not losing in a straight match we'll book some bs and yeah. we'll all go home and that's kind of what happened to, to be to call a spade a spade sting was there he did literally nothing well hold on now i have to say I think Sting, there was four people in that ring, and Sting was the only one who had his working boots on. He should have won. I think he, he made. Won. He should have won. He, yeah, he, he should have. That's what I mean. He should have won. But I think he, he made, like, and as Steve Borden tends to do, he made the best of a bad situation. And that's fair. But as I said, like, he did literally nothing. He, the match would have been the same if he... Yeah, yeah, if he wasn't there, that's what I mean. Like, it's I love Sting. I'm probably one of the biggest Sting, Sting fans out there, right? Um, I, I when it, when this happened, I just wanted him to win. And then when it ended, I'm like, what was the point of you being there? If the point of you being there was to literally do a match, <laughs> so when that match yeah. happened, then yeah, he did a lot, but he wasn't involved. He wasn't 
no, no, I, I get what you mean. You know, and what I mean? in fact, I'm I'm kind of the opposite of you in that I didn't really have WCW growing up. So this thing we're doing, like, so my main images thing is AEW. So this thing, this thing we're doing has been awesome for me. So, yeah, because I've been man. getting to see Sting's career in reverse. I'm right. getting to see him as prime, and uh, maybe that's why I, I just thought he was brilliant in this. He well, look, Sting would, is Sting's the icon for a reason, yeah. right? And like, you know, there are better Sting matches. We if if we go back, and we will be going back, you'll see more of them. And TNA, he had some great matches as well. Yeah. But it's just what annoys me about this is it's like I don't know what he was if he was there just because he's the only guy in the ring that can actually go still at this point because Kevin Ash could still go his knees were not totally gone. Kevin well, he, Ash could go he just wouldn't. He just wouldn't. That was the thing he just didn't want it. And Here's the thing think, is this this match oh sorry this match was the absolute epitome of WCW right? Yeah. This had a big match feel. It did. They yeah, were that's all fair. It did. Yeah, they, they were all big guys. They were all big characters. Mm. Everything about this was big, and then the bell rang. Yeah, and that's it's, just WCW. But that's it, man. And that's look. You know, I make that joke about Bray Wyatt, and I love Bray Wyatt. He's amazing until the bell rings, and then it all falls apart. <laughs> yeah, you know? and it's like that's kind of what happened here, and you know. If Sting's role here was to put the match together and to make sure there was a match, well, then he achieved that goal. But, you know, if it hadn't been me, I would have been like, uh, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. But then again, uh, Kevin Ash was the one booking it. So you kind of have to do what you have to do, right? Well, I got to say, if, you, if you're if you a viewer of this match, this match is, what was it, uh, 12 minutes long or something like that? About 13 minutes, yeah. 13 minutes long. This was 10 minutes of kick punch, kick punch, and then three minutes of Sting. Sting yeah. was the only one who was actually wrestling it, you know, apart from one elbow drop. But my question on that would be, you take Sting out, what impact would this have on the match? It would have been even worse. Yeah. So, <laughs> in terms of, I, I actually, I know what you said. Sorry, I'm being facetious. No, no, no. I know, you're I know right, what you're saying right. in terms of storyline. It would have made no difference whatsoever. It was just um, there for no reason. Like yeah. literally, I, I just don't understand it. I'm like, what were you doing? <laughs> and he should have won. I just, honestly thought the way they were talking that that was going to happen. That's that thing would win. They and kept setting the bloody thing setting, up. They set up the whole thing. They're only short of saying it was going to happen. But they never didn't. explained how. Like, what would happen? Would would Sting tag in and then pin him? The way oh, I thought, the way I thought they were going to do, no if, if like Kevin Nash was knocked out, he'd go over and pin Kevin Nash. Or surely he's not legal he... unless he's tagged. Oh, that's it. it makes no sense. It's but just, you know, it was like the cage match again. I was just sitting here going, <laughs> I can't even appreciate the physicality because I'm just sat here going, what? <laughs> again, and you know, they just did stuff and hope for the best, and sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. This was one of the times that just did not work. Well, I'll tell you what. 99% of this match did not work. Hmm. But this match had one absolutely beautiful spot in it. Go on. I want to see if it's the same one that I have. Go on. I, I, I bet you it is. So it's towards the end of the match. And then uh, Savage's one of, one of uh, 
one of uh, the Macho Man's floozies. Is that a derogatory term? I don't no, know. No, floozies is fair. Floozies. Uh, Gorgeous George comes into the ring and she goes to give uh, Kevin Nash a low blow and mm. all she does is just punch him in the arse. And he doesn't, he doesn't even, re- he's in the middle of trying to powerbomb Sid Vicious and he doesn't even register that she's punched him in the arse. So he keeps trying to powerbomb Sid Vicious. So then she goes in for another blow, low blow and just punches him in the arse again. And then he goes like, oh, well, obviously this woman doesn't know where testicles are. So he just slumps forward and oh, man. oh it was just hilarious. It nah, was, was just amazing. hilarious. I did the yeah, on that moment kind of made it all worthwhile. But then again, look when you're when you're when you're fa- when your top moment or most memorable part of the match is a, a spectacular botch or a comedy botch, you're like, okay. And I say, look, watching this show, it's a, it's a D plus. Oh yeah. And it's it's an earned D plus. They put their homework in to make this a D plus. Um, and it's you know, it, go watch the the handicap uh, tag match. Go watch the... the it's, it's the plus. That's the plus. Everything else is just not worth your time. And, and, and the boxing also, match is fun. The boxing match is fun. The, too. the boxing match is fun. And the um, the No Limit Soldiers rap is crap thing. Even yeah, though the, elimination the match, story yeah. surrounding that is terrible. The, story, the, the, the match is quite good. I also like the fact that... I, I don't know if it's this specific match, but the tag team of, of Sid Vicious and Randy Savage... Uh, is where that meme comes from, where it's like, oh, that wasn't just vicious; it was savage. That's where that's where that meme comes from. So oh, well, I, I didn't like, know that was a meme, but still, that's cool. Yeah, do you know, do you know, so if so if, if if someone gives you a real zinger on the internet, oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, you you reply with this picture of Sid and Randy, and oh, it just man. says on it, that wasn't just vicious; that was savage. So I I quite like that, but everything else was just heartbreaking well the next the next uh pay-per-view on our timeline is road wild 1999 and that's going to be an interesting one for you martin because that's the biker one that's where you have the all it's the outside one and it's uh is this where they literally had the hell's angels uh it's the best i don't know if that's in the next one because i don't remember it but yeah it's the they would go to sturgis and they just have bikers there and apparently it was Bischoff's thing because he likes bikes or something. So that's why it's there. But we're going to check that out next week, I think, unless we oh, have Bischoff. something else. <laughs> unless we have something else uh, coming in. Because, and if there is something you want us to show, email us, nerdthnomedia at gmail.com. Or you can you can tweet me. You can tweet Martin. You can tweet um, James Penny and just say, hey, I want the rewind to talk about this. And we'll, we'll go and do it. Um, just we, tweet us. Just tweet us and tell us. Exactly. You want us to... You want us to review WrestleMania 13, but not the whole thing, just Bret Hart and Stone Cold. And that's all you ever want us to review. Just tweet us and tell us that. Just that's it. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Here's a fiver. Go do it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but ne- ne- uh, WWA, man, I think that's going to have to happen at some point because that's that's too good. to know. I need to find like a good kind of vein of that, though, because I only have a couple of DVDs. Yes, so. Big thick pulsating vein of WWE. Oh, you know, I just love the fact that that's the thing that exists and it's just so random and weird. So, I don't know. Going to try and find that. Uh, and, if, and if I can, we're going to gonna do that because, man, that's a time capsule in and of itself. But before we get out of here, Martin, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, 
Yes. Go for it. Uh, so in terms of television, I want to plug wrestling, but not wrestling, but wrestling television. So the past couple of weeks, I've been watching Young Rock. Oh, oh and, okay. And, and Heels. Do you know Heels? I have heard of it. I think it's like a drama that takes wrestling like, like it's yeah. real. Is that what it is? Yeah. No, no, no. No, apparently CM Punk is in it. Uh, oh, so I'm only I'm not, only two episodes in, um, but it's uh, it's a drama. But it's these two brothers that own. Ah, oh, yes, yes. Their yes, father yes. was a big wrestling promoter, and he's right. left them like this failing wrestling company, and it's their kind of struggle about you know who owns it and trying to make it good. And one brother wants to make it ROH, and the other brother wants to make it ECW. And mm. if you're a wrestling fan. It's pretty good. You get like loads of wee nods and winks and stuff like that. But if if you were just like looking for a drama, it's it's fairly pedestrian. And uh, the other thing I want to promote is I'm, I'm not getting paid, but um, Nintendo is currently doing a sale on Switch, and Little Nightmares is I think about three quid, and I've been playing it all week, and it's goddamn phenomenal. So there you go. Go and okay. watch Young Rock and Heels, and then when you're finished that, play a little Nightmares. That's very cool. Again, I will plug the desk board buddy, which arrived today, uh, during the week, and it's a wonderful invention. I'm very, very happy with it. Um, yeah, so thank you very much to the folks at uh, Desk Board Buddy for sending one out. It's, it's, it's a wonderful invention. Um, I'll also plug um, a really good game, Martin, actually, speaking of games. There's um, the uh, the forbidden the forbidden forgotten city. It started off as a Skyrim mod a couple of years ago, but uh, now it's you can buy it. On, I think you can buy it on the Switch, but I have it for the the PlayStation Four. And basically, it's um, you know, you're transported back to an ancient Roman city, and you have to fight. You can't like you have to stop people from sinning. So if they kill or if you steal anything, the gods turn everyone to gold, right? So it's mad, but it's a really kind of cool idea, and you kind of have to walk around figuring out why you're there, what's going on, and it's a really interesting, very cool game. But when you're playing it, like you're like, "Whoa, this is Skyrim," but not really. And this is what they've done is really good. So if you're interested yeah. in kind of that kind of game, um, I'd definitely pick it up. It's like twenty euro or something like that at the moment. It's a really, really cool game. And uh, yeah, so Dara, so, yo, do you ever think that you know, like, as a libertarian? and a socialist as a playstation and a nintendo do you ever think that we're not to over inflate ourselves but like a beacon of hope for the future i think so <laughs> i think so i think, I think so. that's a nice message to end on i agree with, i agree with that martin i think that's really good and guys if you like what we're doing uh spread the uh, spread the word of the show uh let people know that you like the only wrestling podcast that uh that has people that don't hate wrestling because we watch stuff that isn't terrible and we avoid the modern conflicts because we get to go back into our little time machine and watch stuff and laugh at stuff that was 20 years ago and have a good time. So we will be back next week talking about WCW Road Wild. And thank you all for uh, hanging with us. We will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Keep our left.
Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.